0: I wonder if one of the reasons that it resonated with people that so many of the posters that many people that created that were amazing were very strong and they were powerful and they were also really angry. And I think that my piece was about being sad and about, about um, holding that emotion and almost like cradling it um, and feeling it rather than being like, fuck you, which we all feel as well. But it's it, I think it, it touched on a different emotion.
1: You're listening to WellFed. I'm your host, John Sorrentino, a designer based out of New York, and on each episode, I sit down to talk with one of my creative heroes, individuals whose work, style, and ideas I admire and continue to be inspired by every day. We discuss their past, present, and everything in between. Hey, before we start, I'm trying out something new this season, and I need your help. I'll be releasing episodes every Tuesday until the final episode, and I'll be keeping my fingers crossed that I can keep up. I would love to get your feedback after every release and I'll be giving away stickers and pins to everyone that helps out as a thank you. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the podcast on social media. Take a screenshot and DM it to me on Instagram or Twitter at Podcast, and I'll send you some good old fashioned snail mail. With that, enjoy the episode. On this episode, I'm excited to welcome my friend and independent illustrator now based out of Brooklyn, Louisa Cannell. Louisa has completed work for companies like Google, Samsung, Refinery29, Disney, Supergoop, Time's Up, and the Women's March. Louisa, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: As I mentioned, we met each other not too long ago, maybe a few years. And to see you grow so much in that time from doing what you could call as like completely opposite work before. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about that today. I saw on your Instagram you recently completed an illustration of one of my favorite artists Maggie Rogers.
0: Oh yes I I did that recently just as of um, personal work experimenting with color and um, patterns and I love her.
1: (laughs) I'm a a big fan of Maggie as well. Shout out Maggie Rogers. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about Betty and Veronica? Mm. Um, So
0: I when I was little I had a pretty hard time learning how to read Um, and my parents bought me Betty and Veronica Archie Comics Um, as a way of helping me use context clues to learn how to read. And from that, I became completely obsessed. And not just with them, but also with Marvel Comics as well. But I think it really got me interested in dialogue and interested in visual storytelling overall.
1: You grew up in D.C.?
0: Yeah, I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland, and my family lives in Arlington now.
1: Once you kind of got introduced to these Betty and Veronica um comics were you ever trying to draw your own comics or anything like that
0: yeah for sure my mom had a uh t-shirt company for kids when i was little and she's a elementary school art teacher now high school art teacher um so i was always drawing as a kid and um just always doodling i loved all of betty and veronica's outfits so i'd be drawing those all the time
1: it was very much, <laughs> Betty and Veronica was a comic about uh, best of friends and best of enemies. Yes. <laughs> so there were always, I didn't read too much into it, but Betty, I guess, was um, interested in one thing and Veronica was not necessarily a friend, an immediate friend, but they would have these overlaps in between the relationships.
0: Yeah. they every, I think every comic was like, they're sort of pitted against each other, but sort of not. And it's all like about their feud for Archie, but um, it's very funny seeing the TV show now, which is completely different. There's a TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I didn't know that. It's very dramatic. <laughs> of course. <laughs> There's like a murder every episode. Ew. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's not so much a comic anymore. Yeah. Um, as you were growing up, did you, uh, you know, were you participating in school and like extracurricular activities or were you doing kind of spending your time drawing and things like that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, growing up, was really interested in art and then was on the yearbook. And I went to a really small school, so just doing the design for the yearbook and some illustrations for that. Um, Mm -hmm. But always taking photo classes, drawing classes, all that. I knew I wanted to do something in the creative world.
1: Mm -hmm. You eventually make it to Bowdoin College (laughs) and um, you go into studying art history and visual arts. Mm -hmm. You were also on the squash team.
0: Yeah, I played squash in high school. And um, at the time, they're actually, I think they're pretty good now. But at the time, Bowdoin wasn't the best at squash. And they were like, you've held a racket. You're on the team.
1: (laughs) What what is squash exactly? Cause I don't, uh, I've, I've actually watched uh, a few of the tournaments in grand central that they have, but could you explain a little bit more for the listeners?
0: Yeah. Squash is like racquetball pretty much. Um, the, the court's a little bit different and the ball's different. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great game. It's really, really hard exercise, which is great. I'm, I'm not just trying to be self-deprecating. I'm not very good at it. (laughs) Um, but it's really fun. And it, it was a great way for me to make friends. I'm still really good friends with a lot of my teammates. And um, yeah, it was an awesome time. It's definitely
1: a really intense one-on-one kind of sport too.
0: Yeah, I have uh, definitely cried on court.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just absolute passion and determination. Um, Bowdoin is in Maine. Is Mm -hmm. there anything better than a Maine lobster roll?
0: No, there's not. Yeah. (laughs) And um, Portland, Maine is just having such a rising right now it's if anyone is looking for a vacation spot it's so much fun such good food and great design too
1: I actually almost went to school up in Maine, a good ways away from, say, New Jersey, New York. Yeah, but yeah. I, looked, I was looking at Mecca for a bit. Oh, cool, yeah. And um, at the time, I just got really wigged out. I think I was just a little afraid. Um, very snowy. <laughs> yeah. I saw that the school also shared, at the beginning of the of 2019, a few of your illustrations that you did for Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, yeah, that's really fun. Um, they're so sweet. Um, they reach out to me now, and then I just actually wrapped another project with them Um and it's really nice to be able to work with them. My parents both went there, too. So it's definitely sentimental. Alumni. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, going through school, I saw that you you interned at a ton of different places as a ton of different positions as well. You weren't just like a design intern or anything like that. You started off as a photography assistant. Mm-hmm. You did a design internship at Nat Geo. Uh, and you also eventually made it to a company called The Specialist Limited.
0: Yes. Doing like,
1: <laughs> fabrication of props for movies and things like that. Um, before we get to the specialists, I think that's really interesting. What were you doing in the in the two previous internships?
0: So um, I knew I wanted to
1: work in
0: magazines and media in general. Growing up, my dad had worked at the press for Smithsonian. So I was always around books and publishing and things like that. And I loved it. And Nat Geo is just like pinnacle. It's. I mean,
1: that's cool. It's amazing. Was your dad excited that when you did that?
0: Um. Well, so my dad actually passed away when I was little. But oh, but yeah. But um, I mean, it was definitely really sentimental for me to be working in DC. I think it's one of the main magazines that's in DC. Mm. I'm. That's probably wrong. But um, you can fact check that. (laughs) Uh, but it was a really amazing opportunity, and um, you know, it was intern work. It was like categorizing photographs and Mm. you know checking all the sure they probably do use but k4 is like the publishing um, tool that we use um just like checking everything and um it was really great to learn from then and then from there um i got an internship at brides magazine Mm. um and i was in the art department there so that was a mix of doing photo research and doing some designs and some photoshop And the Brides team was awesome. They were just so much fun, and they taught me so much.
1: I mean, we were just talking about a mutual friend who just had a wedding and ends up in the magazine and all that stuff. So I imagine they're very organized and very on point and very key to detail and things like that.
0: Yeah, and they um, I think the people would think of people working at Brides as being totally wedding-obsessed, but they were all total goofballs and um, just having fun with it. But those were both my...
1: Introduction to the media world. How did you end up at The Specialist, which is, you know, making props for movies and films and things like that?
0: So, after college, I moved to New York and I very, my brother was very nice to let me stay at his place um, (laughs) until I found a job. Always thankful for that. And so, I got a job through another Bowdoin alumni working at The Specialist, and the specialists make all the most of the fake guns for movies or like fake armor okay. or things like that. That's cool. And they make it so like if you have a, you know, a huge army of people, they're not all carrying heavy guns. So they would make them out of like light styrofoam so that it looks okay. like it. But, you know. A
1: <laughs> <it, laughs> little movie magic. Yeah. Really nice. That's
0: cool. <laughs> but they, when I was there, um, I was making fake passports, fake tickets, fake cereal boxes, which was so much fun because I would – Make all the names of them like Louisa's, you know, oat <laughs> breakfast or something so like Easter eggs sprinkled yeah. around. And they were
1: just like, Louisa's that done? And you're like, Yeah, it's the name is perfect. Social Security <laughs> is just like a few digits off. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine.
0: Um, and I it was really fun living in New York then and just sort of like figuring the city out in general. Um, and that's actually from there I, w- I went to Bride so. Fake guns to wedding
1: dresses okay. was a big jump. <laughs> okay, so it was sort of like a little bit of break before you decided to really lean into the idea of getting into a magazine. Yes. Um, yeah. I think you graduated in 2013, mm-hmm. and then you, Condé Nast's Brides. Yes. So you were doing that work. <clears throat> and then you were there for what, two years or so?
0: I was interning at Brides for just like the intern three month, and mm-hmm. then they their HR department placed me at um, Condé Nast Traveler. So I was placed in the photo department at Connie Nast Traveler and um, I was there for I think a little over a year and a half maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing photo production which was an amazing time learning about production. It was like both you know working with photographers, um, organizing all the edits, um, prepping for the shoots. I learned from some really amazing people there. I'm one of my uh, mentors there, I'm still close with, and she's wonderful to work with. That's so. cool. So, yeah. this,
1: I mean, this whole time, like while you're in school, you're you're really kind of testing all these different like directions, right? You're doing design, you're doing like physical making of, of stuff and things, and and then you're also doing a lot of photography and and work like that, not necessarily illustration at the moment or more directly, but like just all the things that are around that. Um, then you know, not after not too long after Connaughts, you begin. Vice viceland
0: yes so i think when i was at traveler i really liked it but i think i was feeling that sort of like after college itch for something mm. new and exciting and um i met with cj from vice yeah. and he was telling me about it and it just sounds so exciting and i honestly didn't know that they were starting a tv channel mm-hmm. at the time
1: yeah i didn't either
0: <laughs> <laughs> um And it's sort of all, I went for the interview, and it was also sort of not clear. And then sort of pieces started coming together. And then um, I got the job, and uh, I think I was probably, like, one of the first official hires for the TV channel. Mm -hmm. And there I was um, the creative services coordinator, so working with all the editors on their trailers and making sure that they had everything they need and making sure that their schedule was run well. So it was actually sort of a step back from creative in many ways because mm. it was a lot of organizing. But the, what was nice is that they needed um, someone to who knew how to do photo production. So I was able to sort of jump into that role and work on key art and um, a lot of the, the episodic art, which was great.
1: Did you go into the interview with Vice thinking that it was for the magazine at first and that was sort of like the interest?
0: Um, I think I thought that it was for the website. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, still
1: somewhat editorial, yeah, still having that kind of yeah. that same environment.
0: I definitely had no TV experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us really had. Yeah. you know
1: i I met you through Viceland. Um, I joined not too long after the channel launched, and I think one of the first shows that we ended up like really working together was like Wong's World, totally. yeah. And, you know, again, no TV experience whatsoever, yeah. and everyone was just sort of winging it. Um, did you have a favorite show while you were there?
0: i I think I really loved all the food shows. I yeah. mean, those are just so fun to watch, but I, I honestly um, can't say I watch a ton of it right now. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I, don't I watch. Any <laughs> yeah,
1: it's seemed like we watched so much of it while we were there to make sure like everything that we worked on and touched was in line. Otherwise, like we'd probably hear something the next day.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I feel like my job was sort of to be like, I need to know everything, so I watched mm-hmm. everything and I like took notes on all those episodes. So I feel like I knew like, you know, fuck That's delicious and Wong's world and uh Weed-a-Kit back to front. I mean, <laughs> um, I really loved noisy too, but yeah, there were some, there were some great shows in that starting
1: lineup. In Vice Line, you were doing a lot like more logisticals, like making sure everything was, was running smoothly, you know, working with designers like myself and making sure that I had everything planned out and I knew what I was working on. Um, so you're not really making a lot of stuff at this time, but like, is there a moment where you start working on more illustration? Like when does that start for you? Because I think, the next move was getting right into that. So, like, what what are you doing during the time of Iceland?
0: Yeah, so when I was at, still at Traveler, um, I had done a few illustrations for them, and it was really my first time doing digital illustration. I didn't do any digital illustration in college, and um, they were so sweet. They uh, My first article I did was six sodas from around the world, and so I illustrated these sodas, and it was so much fun. Um, and they really took a chance on me, but what's nice about, it was digital. So mm. I feel like then it was okay to take a chance cause you know, just putting it out into the internet, you could you know, change an image yeah. or
1: something yeah. it's not like printed on a thousand copies. Of
0: course. Yeah. So I had started doing that then and I really liked it and I, there were definitely times where I tried to do some illustration at Vice and didn't mm. work out unfortunately, but I always knew that I liked it. So I was, um, coming home after work and illustrating and i'd started working with goop a little bit back then just doing some um editorial work for them and sometimes you know doing people's wedding invitations or things like that just little things um really fun and i but i didn't think that it could be a career it was Mm -hmm. more like a Fun side. Sure. Friends
1: are like, Louisa's creative. Like, can she do my wedding invites? Yeah. And it just kind of picks up from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also because I didn't go to art school and I was surrounded by so many people that did go to art school, I definitely wasn't thinking that I could do what they could do. Sure. Um, So that
1: is like, it's kind of like... It's like a thought that everyone has, but it's it's not like that in right. a sense, right? Like, it's just like people are thinking about things in different ways and they're just constantly thinking about those ideas. So that's what like makes them seem more like creative than the other, but it's not. And and I think you're a great example of that.
0: It definitely just was like little moments along the way where people took chances that sort of built my confidence and I was able to take that next step and say, oh, you know, I can do this, I can try this. And so from there... Um, at Vice, I started drawing the hosts of our shows just because mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. Like yeah. I drew Maddie Matheson a bunch or, you know, uh, Drew Action Bronson or uh, all those hosts back then, I think. And I found it really fun just drawing an illustrator. Um, so from there, once I'd worked so hard on the Viceland launch that once it launched, I sort of felt like this weight off me. I was like, okay, it's out into the world. Sure, yeah. I-, I can maybe move on. Um because I didn't think I, – I really – I think you can probably agree. Viceland is probably the craziest job we will both ever have. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: so. I think that's definitely fair to say. I
0: sure. mean, one day I would be in an A&E strategy
1: meeting, and the next oh, yeah.
0: day would be, you know, making sure that the party bus is set. Yeah,
1: you set. <laughs> like, I feel like, to your point, I mean – The first room that they had me in was, like, that little closet, essentially, with, like, three computers running at, like, 90 degrees the whole time. So it was really hot. But um, I didn't go into a lot of meetings. I just would usually have, my the creative directors come back and tell me what happened. Yeah. But you were in those. And I'm sure it's super stressful because it's, like, everyone's trying to, one, keep this channel uh, afloat. And, two, like, make it, like, the craziest thing ever at the same time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know... I feel like I would look down at my list of things to do and it would be like order 100 Viceland skateboards and prep a pitch deck and you know launch a screening or things like that. It, it was really really fun and it was also very tiring.
1: Yeah. So you start to build this portfolio and this is sort of like the work that you're doing for friends or doing, you know, as you mentioned a little bit for Goop and stuff like that. Um, you know, what is the catalyst to then like really apply to, you know, you end up at Refinery29 next. Like, how did that start?
0: So I had always read Refinery and thought of it as such a fun, beautiful place that celebrates women. And I really admired their work and I really loved their illustrations. So I thought about it for a really long time. And I decided that if I wanted to try illustration that I needed to do it. I was... um, say maybe 24, 25 at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I applied to their internship. And I actually reached out to Piera, um, one of their creative directors on um, Instagram. And I I just said, I really love what you do. I really admire it. And she was so sweet. She responded. And then she connected me to um, their art director at the time. Um, And so I ended up getting the internship. And I think my mom was probably like, So you're leaving your full-time job to be an intern again? (laughs)
1: That's so badass. That's so awesome. So
0: so I was very scared, but really excited. And there's also no guarantee that I would become full-time from being an intern. Um, And then it just so happened that they had a designer leave like two weeks before I started. And they asked me to come on full-time, which was really lucky and great. But then... I, then I was there for almost three years, and it, it, it was amazing.
1: Well, that's so crazy to hear that, like, you having this full-time job at a creative but demanding position um, and then also having the confidence. I look at it as confidence, right, to just say, like, I'm going to do it, go open, apply for an internship. A lot of people wouldn't do that. And then even before that, you know, stirring up conversation with someone that's already in the department. I think, like, a lot of people just expect people to find them and like know that they're great and I, to your credit you're kind of taking that on to yourself and, and making those connections already
0: yeah I use Instagram all the time and I think that it is always nice to reach out to people that you admire and just say I love your work I mean who doesn't like to hear that sure. they're appreciated of And course. You, you know I, I think it's always good to send that positive vibes out into the universe sometimes people don't respond sometimes they just do that it's okay, the, it's okay. Yeah, just, so, just just
1: brush it off it yeah. never happened no one
0: it <laughs> or you know they got that nice message and whatever or they do the little double tap i like
1: the thing that <laughs> they just saw it and they kept it yeah <laughs> kept it to themselves
0: they printed it out they put it on their desk yeah,
1: exactly i don't know exactly from when you started while you're at refinery when this happened but you ended up working on like a piece that became very influential for the women's movement, the Hope Not Fear piece.
0: Yeah, that was about a a month in.
1: Okay, flex. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I guess I started, or maybe it was a little longer after that, but I guess I started at the end of the year, and then the Women's March was in January. So the Women's March reached out to Refinery, asking all of the illustrators and designers there, which, first of all, um, Refinery is amazing that it has a team of designers and illustrators in-house which is really great and so they asked all of us to come up with some posters for the event um and they gave us a color palette and just sort of some phrases to work with so hope not fear was one of their lines that they asked us to work with so i did an illustration of three women um in front of the american flag and it really resonated with people and it, it was really amazing and um a lot of people ended up tweeting it and, and posting about it. And I got so many amazing messages from people around the world. I, there's a judge from Alaska that said she had bought the print for all of her female colleagues. It was just completely touched my heart. Um, and I think one of the reasons, I mean, this is just in my own opinion, but I, I wonder if one of the reasons that it resonated with people that so many of the posters that many people that created that were amazing were very strong and they were powerful and they were also really angry. And I think that my piece was about being sad and about, about um, holding that emotion and almost like cradling it um, and feeling it rather than being like, fuck you, which we all feel as well. But it's, I think it, it touched on a different emotion.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing it and then seeing the caption and you were tagged and I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) because you, you know, you left and like you said, it wasn't too long after you left. And, um, it was just amazing to see you sort of just step right into this role like seamlessly it seems there is a lot of work that you you put to it but you just kind of like owned it um and as you said it resonated with a ton of people i think didn't hillary clinton tweet it yeah like that's huge yeah that's so awesome
0: it was so funny we uh jeremy my boyfriend and i were out to lunch and my phone was dead so i didn't have it on me and um my mom kept calling Jeremy and um <laughs> he's ignoring it he's like, we're, dinner. <laughs> you know, we're like we're eating um so then I answered it and I was like what's up what's going on and she was like Hillary Clinton tweeted your um illustration and me being like oh mom you don't know what you're talking about I'm like you saw my illustration and then you saw her tweet like that doesn't mean that it was the same thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then i get home <laughs> and then like right next to the timeline yeah, you're, yeah. You're, te-
1: you're, you're telling your parents how this thing works
0: yeah yeah just me you know explaining to her being obnoxious um and then i get home and i have like you know 10 missed calls and 60 text messages and i was like oh my gosh you just start screaming
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you had said you were there for three years at refinery almost yeah you then decide to step out and go independent you know mm-hmm. what what goes through your mind at that point? What kind of informs that decision?
0: Um, so working at refinery was honestly amazing. And the the other designers and illustrators that I met there are just so wonderful. I learned so much from them. We're all friends now. We just went on a trip to Palm Springs and many of us don't even work at a refinery anymore. Nice. <laughs> um, so a lot of people were moving on and I also was doing so much freelance work outside that I was realizing that I was more excited to get home and do that work than I was to be at work. And it doesn't have anything to do with the work that was at Refinery. It was just more like being able to call my own shots and take the time to illustrate the way I wanted to illustrate and and pick the projects that I wanted to work on. So I had been thinking about it for a long time. And then I gave myself sort of a six-month period where both I needed to save money and to say okay, could I ramp up my freelance work to the point that it could be a full-time job and just sort of test the waters there? And so I basically did two jobs for six months. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this.
1: How did you uh, go about like ramping up? You said, you know, is that like trying to reach out to more companies or brands or things like that?
0: Yeah, definitely reaching out, um, sending out postcards, sending out emails. Um, I think just a lot of it's reaching out on Instagram, Overall, just like taking more projects that maybe I wouldn't have said I had time for in the past. Mm
1: -hmm. So it's very much that like marketing coordinator kind of kicks in. You're like, okay, (laughs) what do I do to reach out and get someone's attention here? Yeah, I think again, it's like you don't. If anything that I've learned in coming out into the professional industry, it's like you can never just assume that your talent is good enough there are millions of people out there that are doing the same exact thing as you. And it's like, how do you kind of get the attention of the people that you want to work with? And you know, you're printing materials, you're messaging, you're making those connections. And I think a lot of people don't, um, don't realize that until like, you know, it hits them right in the face that they have to do those things.
0: Yeah. And I listened to another interview recently. I actually can't remember who it was, but it, they were just talking about every connection you make in your life. Hold on to those. And, and, reach out to those people and be nice to them and you never know where something is going to come from um i'm working on a job right now that's through someone i worked with at brides which seems so long ago and you know we've stayed in contact and those things always come around the creative world is so small that you know someone you worked with so long ago might be giving you a job you know down the line
1: completely (laughs) in the time that you've been independent what has it been more than a year, two years now?
0: Uh, No, just uh, a little over six months. Oh wow,
1: (laughs) okay. Um, Even though it's somewhat fresh, what do you think has been a big learning for you? You know, being able to like now own the time that you work on things, say yes or no to projects, like what has been something that you didn't see going into it at first?
0: Hmm, Um, I think what's been really nice is setting myself a start time and an end time, like giving making myself have a day. Being like, okay, I'm going to wake up and then I'm going to end at six. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been really nice to do that, to make sure that I stick to a normal person's schedule. Because you could really, if you're working for yourself, you could just work all day. And, you could. And that's not healthy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely not. Um,
0: I think going for walks has been important. Um, exercising. I, I work from uh, my apartment. So getting out, seeing people, meeting people for coffee. Uh, it's just important to keep yourself... Socialized.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, there was a moment after school for me where I had a job for six months, and then I had about three months in between, and I was working from home. And at the time, I was like 22, Mm -hmm. working from home with my two younger sisters, my parents' place, and I think I started going crazy because I'd wake up in my pajamas, basically, step over to my desk, and start working, and I felt like I was going stir crazy.
0: Yeah. Oh. I mean, I definitely wear pajamas a lot of the time, but I think <laughs> everyone, I, everyone has. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> if uh, if I'm feeling in a rough patch, I'm like, okay, I got to put on normal clothes.
1: <laughs> I, I I mean, to the pajamas, I tend to just enjoy wearing jeans all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could probably sleep in them. Um, what do you think going into six months of, of being independent now? is there things that you are noticing in your kind of engagements or in your, your projects that, you know, you sort of taken a note on that you want to work on moving forward? Definitely. I think
0: that working in motion, doing GIFs, doing, um, learning like rough animator and things like that is definitely mm-hmm. on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. I think that everyone wants movement, you know, that's where probably the future, the money is at for illustration. So I always want to keep learning and I always want to keep, um, honing my skills i always want to keep honing my skills and i don't want to say complacent um and then also i draw a lot of women i think that i should draw some more men um you know just to even it up i've,
1: I've, I've seen a few men pop up on the instagram yeah. I, th- I saw the um the illustration that you did for the met gala i don't i don't know his name but he had the oh, eyes yeah. on oh yeah yeah ezra miller yeah ezra miller yeah um so you know i'm sure you're working in a few here and there yeah Louisa, where can people find more of your work and and potentially get in touch with you?
0: Um, I'm always active on Instagram at Louisa Cannell. And I try to keep my website updated. And um, yeah, I'm here in New York City. (laughs)
1: Louisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. This podcast is produced by me. John Sarantino out in Jersey City, New Jersey. Editing, mixing, and music are all done by my friend, Kevin Bendis in Greenpoint Brooklyn. Definitely check him out. You can find out more about WellFed and where to listen at wellfedpodcast.com or on social media at wellfedpodcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.